Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com.
don't know that. We used to say this at work all the time because you can hear all the parts. Thanks a lot. 165.
Hey, Tommy, you got one more in you there? One more. 368. 
And I spent many a day with her. We're sitting at the breakfast table one day. She said, that's internet things. I said, what is that? I said, it's nothing but information. I said, you can get anything off the internet. She said, you can? I said, yeah, ma'am, you can get by anything off her. You want to know about it? I said, you can even get your message off of her from the preacher. She said, you can? What kind do you get it? So I said, well, let me see what I find here. I got a phone out. I typed in, got her on the line. I said, here's now, now, what's better than going to heaven? And she said, well, there ain't nothing better than going to heaven. And she said, well, see what that says. So basically, I was rounding off with what basically what it says is when you get to heaven, somebody taps you on the shoulder and says, because of you, I'm here. So that was, I, I was thinking about that, how good it is to be here today. Then, the next question was, what's worse than going to hell? And that's being there and somebody tapping me on the shoulder and saying, because of you, I'm here. But I'm glad that I'm on my way to heaven. Glad I feel good presence of God. The next event that we're going to have in the Christian church is the second annual of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's going to come back and get her up with the team that he left. And that's going to be a glorious day. Boy, I think about it, I it makes me. Even the fact that now I'm getting older, I think about dying, it makes me feel happy. It does, because I've got a lot of life now behind me that I'm going to be no beyond. And I want to see him without all of my doubt. And I know he's mine. You know, we've had that talked about here about every message we've had. Salvation is a knowing thing. Yeah. If you've got it, you know it. And if you have to worry about it, you need to see if you've got it. You need to find it because if you get it, it'll last you. My, my desire is that America continue the trend that has started in the last little bit. As we start seeing more men, I'm so proud to hear our congressmen speak up and say, we need a revival. We don't need none of that stuff in Tennessee. What we need is a revival. And that's exactly what we need. We've got people like that. We need to be praying. Amen. Again, we want to thank all of you that come to visit with us when we have a revival. And as I told them in our prayer room, what we have in here in this series of meetings this week is not the result of what we can do here, but it's the result of all the prayer that's been done beforehand. And we're looking for good things to come out of it. And we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Prayer is a very effectual tool. It's something that will help you in time of need. And also, if you have the right attitude, it will guide you. There's a lot of things that I do not know. But there's one thing that I do know. I know Jesus. And, he knows and we need to go to Him and find out what He wants us to do. And pray. Uh, before we go more to prayer, somebody got a prayer request. Yes, amen. 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 I want to say just a word. It's not a prayer request, but for years and years and years, I thought, I'm leaving in the rapture. You're talking about getting old. When you get past 
three quarters of a century old. I gave it some thought here a while back. I might not. I might be planted. Well, I was thinking about the rapture and those that are dead in Christ. I think one of the preachers had even mentioned it. It ain't going to be a lot of time difference. They'll go first, and I'll be right behind them. Why? Let them have it. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Amen. I like the last verse of that song. It says, This is all my hope and peace. That's right. That's right. Nothing but the blood. That's right. This is all my righteousness. All my I went to the hospital to visit with Gladys today and had a rather extended visit, spent quite some time with her, and uh, talked to her about her soul, talked to her about the Lord, prayed with her, and we're looking for God to do good things in her life. She was full of life. She was very painful. Where she bruised herself failed yesterday. She didn't fall down. She just stumbled. All of that where she bruised really, really, really hurts. But when I go talk to her about the Lord, you can see immediately that come over her face. You know, the Lord is really dealing with her. Really praying about that. Pray Some else. Got the family that I was at the hospital with yesterday. Last night, a dear friend of mine passed away today at 419. But I asked her, I said, there's just one thing that I've got to know. I think I know, but I want to know. I said, I've got to ask you. She said, well, I asked I said, what did he say? She said, he was saved. That's the only thing that matters. It hurts us to see them go. But that's just a race I'm looking to win myself one day. But the family is very, very hurt. So I ask you to pray for them. Terry Cummins was a good friend of mine. Spent a lot of time with him. All the years. These families really needing prayers right now. So please lift that family up. There's a lot in that family that needs the Lord. Yes. So pray that God would use this to help someone come to know Yes. Also I have a, have a younger brother that my desire is to see him in God's house. He said he got saved when he was in prison, but I'm looking to see him finish it out and come over to God's house and see what living for God really is about. I've got an old, my oldest son needs the Lord too. So, thank you. Thank you for your prayers for that. Amen. Someone else? Please take the walk. Amen. 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 Amen.
the hurt of life. You know, we, we've been praying about this revival, and when Brother Ronnie asked us to come, this is one of the first scriptures that the Lord laid on our heart. I said, Lord, I really don't understand this one. I really don't understand why we got to go there. But we heard a couple of weeks ago, said, it's okay to ask when and where, but it's not okay to ask why. So I don't know the need, I don't know the heart. So you just pray for us here this evening. Again, you can kind of tell my voice is a little cracky. So you just you just pray for us here. Just want to be obedient to what the Lord has for us here tonight. It's been good. It's been good all week for me to be here. I've got help that I didn't realize that I needed. The Lord's exposed things to me in my life that I didn't know that was down in there. He's helped me. He's burdened me. He's been there right on time everywhere that I've been this week. And I am thankful for that. Again, it's familiar scripture this evening. And you read it. This is crazy while we're going this way. But I believe that the Lord's got a plan. You just pray for us this evening. We'll be in chapter 6 of the book of Joshua this evening. <laughs> We're going to start reading there in verse 13. You get Joshua chapter 6 and verse 13. It said, The seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew the trumpets with the armed men went before them, but the rewarder came after the, after the ark of the Lord and the priests going on and blowing out the trumpets. And the second day they were compassed about the city, compassed about the city once and returned into the camp. So they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and passed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on, the seventh, on that day they could pass the city seven times. And it came to pass on the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout for the Lord hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, and, and even it and all that are in it, therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that were sent. And ye in any wise keep yourself from the accursed thing, lest you make yourself accursed when you take of the accursed thing. When you take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and troubled with it. But all the silver and gold and the vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priest took the trumpet. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, right. and they took the city, and they utterly destroyed. That was all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and ass, with the with the edge of the sword. Lord, we come before you this evening, Lord. We just ask for you to help, Lord. We just ask, Lord, that you just hide us behind the cross, Lord, once more tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, you just take this message, Lord. You take the scripture, Lord. Lord, you know the hearts that are here, Lord. You know the needs, Lord, that are here, dear Lord. You know every heart, every heart that's been represented here this week, dear Lord. Everyone that's watched the message, everyone that's heard, dear Lord. Lord, I pray that you just deal, Lord, in the body while you're here tonight, dear Lord. Lord, make it about you, Lord. Lord, don't make it about ourselves. Lord, keep us out of the way, Lord. Lord, you just consume this place where you consume me, Lord, with your Holy Ghost, Lord, that you just help us, Lord, to do exactly what you have us to do, Lord, nothing more, nothing less, Lord. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So again, I begin reading, I begin studying on this, I begin looking there at the scripture, and it said, in verse 13, it said, the seven priests buried seven trumpets of red before the ark of the Lord went on to So they were the first in the line. The priests were the man. I got to read on that a little bit. And the reason that the priests were in line was they were there to blow the trumpet. They were there to send the warning. And I begin to thinking about that, especially just today, about this week that we've been in here, of how Brother 
but then the thief will beat up one if the sword come and take any person from them among, among them. He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require to watch his hands. Right. See, that's, I don't need that on my hands. I don't need your blood on my hands. I don't need your soul on my hands because I want to do my part to warn you about what's coming. I want to do my part to tell you that, there's, that the day is coming where you're going to die. If you've not been saved, that you're headed for a devil's hell. I want to warn you of that. And I want you to know that your angel has been able all week. The Lord has been here all week. He's been drawing and he's been begging. Because that's what saved me was the fear of hell. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and I know people are different. I know there's different things. 
Lord. That scared me. Yeah. It scared me. I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to go to hell. Because I've read and heard about it all my life. I've heard about the torment. I've heard about the torture. I've heard about the things that I was going to be uncomfortable for the rest of my life. Yeah. Hey, I didn't want to be uncomfortable. I didn't want to be in pain. I hey, I'll be, I'll be the first one to tell you I don't like getting hurt. Something hurts and I'm glad about it. I complain about it. Amen. So if I'm going to do that, I don't want to be in hell. I don't, not just because of that, don't get me wrong. I want to be not be there because, hey, that's not a place that was created for me. That's not a place that was created for you. Hell was created for Satan and his angels. Those that followed him, that's who's headed there. That's what it was intended for. But you can read in the Word of God where it says, hell has enlarged itself daily. Daily because people were refusing him. They were refusing to hear his call. Hey, and you've refused to hear this plea. You've refused to hear the call of God. You, whether, again, whether you're sitting at home and you're listening on the YouTube or whether you're sitting here in the congregation, you have refused God this week. Amen. And it has nothing to do with myself or Brother Roger. So you just take my name and his name, and I believe he's okay. You take us out of the picture, out of the equation. You listen to what God is trying to do for you. What God is trying to tell you all the way. He's been trying and begging and bidding you to come and trying to get you right. Trying to make sure that things are okay in your life. Hey, maybe you just need to check up. Maybe you really have been saved. But maybe the devil's just fighting you to the nail and trying every way in the world to destroy you, to keep you out, to knock you down. Hey, he's going to do that. He's going to try his very little best to do that. But you know, that's a lot of the bill Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So now hey, you don't take nothing to that city. You leave it there because it's a curse. There ain't nothing there for you, but you what do we do? Oftentimes God will break the wall down for us and put us right back where we need to be in exactly the state that we need. And we carry that on with us. He said, oh, well, that looks good. I'm going to stick out in my pocket. Nobody will know about it. And it ends up getting in our way. It ends up hindering us, not just ourselves. You can read about what happened. It affected the whole children of Israel. Yep. So what you do, Christian, is going to affect your household. It affects your church. It affects your walk with God. And it can affect everything. Not just you think, oh, it don't matter. It's just me. It's just me that it's going to affect. It's just me that it's going to hurt. It's just me that it's going to bother. Hey, look, at, you can take an example of the world. Look out there and you see how many people just dabble in sin. And it ain't very long they're out of church. It ain't very long that they don't have that, that testimony anymore. And they're okay with that because, hey, it's just me. But you start looking at what it does. The kids will start missing church. The kids will start talking back. Because, you know, they're going to hear those things at school. Kids will start doing this and doing that. Yeah, right. People are going to lose respect. Hey, and again, that's not between me and you. That's you and God. Yeah. But that's, that's the walls that Satan are going to start building. Satan's going to start building those back and saying, well, such and such don't care. They can care less. They ain't reached out. They ain't talked to them. They can care less. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to think. He said, well, you care less. But we're here day after day. We've been in this revival for what, six, seven days now. And I believe that God is begging you to come. Begging you to get rid of things. Begging you to be saved. Begging you. Telling you that there is a better life for you. And all you have to do is ask Him for it. It ain't some hard thing. We overcomplicate it. We think it can't be that simple. It can't be that simple. But the Bible says that in a little child can do it. 
childlike faith is what saves us. Yeah. Having enough faith to stand up and say, God, I need you. I am lost and I'm headed for hell. I need yeah. you. Amen. That's all it takes is you making that walk. Yeah. And we've heard throughout the week that it don't have to be inside the church house. We've heard it's been different places. But I do believe that if God's dealing with your heart and bid you to come here, that He wants you to come If He's dealing with your heart at home, He wants you to not drop right exactly where you're at. Not turn it, not turn it off, not walk away. You drop exactly where you're at and say, God, here I am. Tear my walk down and show me who you are. Help me, save me, Lord. If you will do those things, he will meet you. Right. He will save you. And He will carry you through on eternity for the rest of your life. Hey, if we mentioned all week, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be those. It's going to be rewarding. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be challenges that come about. There's going to be obstacles that you're going to face. There's going to be things that you don't know how you're going to overcome. And you can't overcome them. No matter how hard you try, you won't overcome them. Amen. But that God that saved you. Is able to overcome all anything, any struggle, any trouble, any heartache. God is able to overcome it and give you peace with it. I can look back at my own life and see that there's been times where I thought, hey, I'm just walking away, I'm throwing a towel in, I'm giving up, I ain't doing no more for God, He don't care. Didn't take me very long to realize that he really cared. Whether it be a punishment or whether it be something that come my way or a warning that come my way, and I had to heed to that. And I'll be honest with you: when God starts warning my soul, I start getting concerned. I start getting worried because I don't want that punishment coming to me. Yeah. Amen. But we've told you all week long about hell and about how if you go there, if you go there as an intruder. That it wasn't meant for you. You wasn't meant to go there. But that you're headed there. Amen. That you don't want to go there because it's an awful place. A torment, torture, and suffering. We keep telling you that because I want you to realize how important it is that you don't go there. Yeah, I know. And I know we hear that a lot. I know that we hear, we, we preach hell hot all the time. And it is hot. And it's not a good place. It's not somewhere that we want you to go. But the reason we don't want you to go there is because it wasn't, again, I mentioned, it wasn't created for you. But if hell don't scare you, that's going to take God to move. That's going to take God to get real big in your life. But if hell don't scare you, I want to read something to you. Let me find it. Sorry. Or what you're giving up on the things that you're going to miss out on. See, again, we've told you all week about how hot hell is and about how bad it is of a place that it's going to be. But I want to tell you about what the reward can be. I want to tell you about what you can have if you accept Christ. I want to tell you about who He is and what He's promised you on the other side if you will get saved. And that's only if you get saved. Those things they promised everybody. Those things won't take place. You won't encounter those things. You may witness them, but you won't get to enjoy them. Because you'll be cast out. Not, and I believe you will say, because I believe that you'll remember that for the rest of your life. And how, how beautiful that that city was. How beautiful that it is. And what you're missing out on, I believe that you'll see that place day in and day out. 
But I started reading this today. I didn't even know this. God was going to put this in the message till about 2 o'clock today. I was sitting at a birthday party and the Lord started dealing with my heart and said, read this. And I was sitting there at a birthday party and just holding the tears back because I was thinking about what was promised to me. What I was going to give. What I was going to see. Because I had been, I, He found me faithful one time. He found me another. I found enough grace, enough presence to save me. And He promised me that these things I will see. So I want you to hear about those things tonight. Again, we told you about hell all week. But I want to tell you about heaven tonight. Revelation chapter 21. There's quite a bit of reading here, so you just bear with me. Chapter 21, verse 1. It says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and they and he be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Yeah, yeah. Neither there shall be any more pain, for the former things are all passed away. Hey, that's just that's just the physical things right here that we're gonna that we're no longer gonna have to suffer. That we're no longer have to worry about death. We're no longer have to worry about the pain that we feel. We're no longer have to worry about when these old bones ache, when these old bones crack, when things start hurting, when this, but we don't have to worry about the cancer, about the hey, we don't have to worry about any of those things anymore. Because he says, Hey, he's taking all that away. He don't have to be there anymore. Hey, Yeah. 
There's still days where I belong to see Him. I belong yeah. to talk to Him. And if I ask that, what do I do here? But you know, when I get there, I'll never have to worry about that ever again. No, right. yeah. I'll never have to desire to talk to Him anymore because I'll have the one that waited on for me there. I'll have the one to pick that pick me up, that encourages me, that got me through the hard times, that got me through the struggles. He'll be there. And it already says that I ain't got to worry about the sorrow. I ain't going to worry about the pain. I ain't going to worry about those things anymore. But it's going to be well prepared. Amen. It's not welcome there. The world loves it. The world loves sorrow. The world loves pain. The world loves heartache. The world loves to break you down and tell you how unworthy that you are and how lost and how low down that you are. The world loves to tell you those things. Because the world has no hope. There is no hope in this world. There's no hope in the things of this world. There's no hope in the money. There's no hope in the fame. There's, you know, you've got celebrities all over the place that think that they're with the absolute best life. And they've got things that we could never even dream of. But you know what? There are things that they got. I ain't going to hold a candle to what I'm going to say. I ain't going to hold a candle to what I get to inherit. My elder brother owns it all. And we see some beautiful things here. We were driving home the other night over the parkway or over the mountain there. We just looked out and we seen all the lights and how beautiful that it was. And I told my daughter, I said, look at how pretty that is. And she said, yeah, man, that's, that's real pretty. And I said, but just think. I said, all that was for, all that's there because sin entered the world. I said, just imagine, try to picture what that would be like topping that mountain if the sin had never entered into the world. And we were still seeing what Adam and Eve seen. We were still witnessing those things. Like if we couldn't, my soul couldn't contain it. I wouldn't be able to control myself with the beauty of the world. But you know, one day, He's going to fix all that and I'm going to be able to see it. I'm going to be able to see that heavenly city. I'm going to be able to see that heavenly place. And I'm going to dwell there forever. And I believe that it'll just continue to get better. Get better. Get better. Verse 5 He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write these words, for words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life free. He that overcometh shall be shall inherit all things, and I will be his God. <laughs> and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving, take note of this. I want you to hear this. If you're lost tonight. See, all these things that he's promising you, I want you to understand this right here. Verse 8 says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the adulterers and the liars shall have their part in the lake with burning of fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So even in the midst of him telling you how good heaven's going to be, he's telling you that if you don't get saved, that, that hell is still your heart. that place if you don't get saved. So don't take that but don't take that lightly. Don't get in, don't get all wrapped up in the good. Because if you ain't saved, you ain't seeing the good. 
there came unto me one of the seven angels, having the seven balls full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. Yeah. <laughs> and he carried me away in the Spirit to a great high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her wife was like a stone, most precious, even like, a, even like Jasper stone, clear as crystal. And had a wall great and high, and the twelve gates, and at the twelve gates, the name twelve angels, and the names written on the, thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, and on the north three gates, and on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of that city had twelve foundations in them, and the name of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he talked with me, and had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. <coughs> See, we just had a wall broke down a minute ago. But this wall right here is impenetrable. There ain't nothing, no force, no guard. There ain't nothing ever going to There ain't no bad ever going to enter that wall. No sin whatsoever will enter that wall. Your hate, your envy, your lust, your great hate, if, if you're well, make it there. Even as a Christian, there's things that I struggle with here on this walk of life. There's things that I get jealous about sometimes. There's things that I get angry about sometimes. There's things that, that make me upset that I often lust after sometimes. But it won't be there. When I close my eyes and then He's going to purify this body and then I'll never have those thoughts, never have those imagine, never in my soul. Right. And the city lies square, and the length is as large as the breadth as he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs, and the length of the breadth and the height are the equal. And he measured the wall there of 140 and 4 cubits according to the measure of man that is one of your angels. And the building of that wall was pure jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. And the foundations were brought, and the foundations of the wall of the city were all garnished with a manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, and the third shellcon, and the fourth emerald, and the fifth sardius, and the, and the sixth sardius, and the seventh—I uh, can't pronounce these very good. So you just have to forgive me. And the seventh cerulean, and the eighth beryl, and the ninth topaz, and, and the tenth. Cyprus and the eleventh Genesis and the twelfth Emesis and the twelve gates were twelve pearls and every gate was one pearl and the street of the city was pure gold as it was transparent glass. Yeah. You think of how valuable gold is here? How there's people that mine for it? How there's people that go out and spend their life looking for gold? We're going to walk on it. That's how useless it really is. Now don't get me wrong, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be awesome to see. But we're going to tread on it. Our feet are going to walk on God. That shows you how important that it really is down here. Because it ain't. It's all going to pass away. We're just going to tread on it. We're going to walk on it. If that don't excite you. And I saw no temple there for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb and the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun nor the moon to go shine, for the glory of the God did light, and in the lamb of the light, the lamb is the light there. We ain't gonna need no moon, we ain't gonna need no sun. We ain't gonna need electricity. Hey, before we left the house today, our power went out. It was 
Hey, I'm sorry. Maybe this is just this excites me. This is good. Not because I'm preaching, because it's in the Word of God. This is what He tells me, and it's mine. As a child of God, this is promised to me. And you can have the same thing tonight. And there shall be no more curse to the throne of God and His Lamb, of His Lamb, and there shall be in it. And His servants shall serve Him, and they shall see His face, and their name shall be in their forehead. And there shall be no night there, neither there, and they need no candle, neither to the light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them life, and they shall reign forever and ever. And He said unto these things, saying are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent His angel to show unto His servants the things which must be done shortly. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the saints of the prophecy of this book. Come quickly, Lord. Come quickly. I didn't mention in my soul desires these things. Just for the physical things that I told you earlier. Just for waking up and not having to worry. Not having to sorrow. Not having to be upset about the things that are going on. I long to be there. But you know what? Most important of what I'm going to encounter when I get there, I'm going to see the one that bore all my sins, that carried my cross all the way to Calvary. When it should have been me that they was beaten, that they put a crown of thorns on in my head. It should have been me that they were spitting at. It should have been me that they were mocking. It should have been me that they were plucking his beard out and keeping and spitting at it and doing everything. It should have been me. But God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever, everybody, me, the drug, the hormone, the rapist, the adulterer, that way, everybody, for whosoever, He sent Him to die for Him, for me, for you. Amen. 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 Hey, you know, I've been there. I've been exactly where you're sitting this week. I've been there. I've been exactly here. And I've heard the words of the message. I've heard the men of God stand up and preach about hell. I've heard the men of God stand up and preach about heaven. And I sat there. But I look back now. And I think, man, I should have went. If I should have went the first opportunity that I ever had, if I knew it was going to be this sweet, if I knew it was going to be this good, if I knew it was going to be this rewarding, I should have knocked the door down and really hit that offer. Tonight, hey, the devil wants to come to this thing and say, hey, y'all ain't seeing movement. You ain't doing this. Things ain't happening. Hey, whether anything else happens this week or not, there is one. Yeah. They got his name wrote the last name. There is one called you're going to encounter those things. Now, this time last week, you have seen hell. But this time now, this week, if you don't make it out of here tonight, if you don't make it home tonight, brother, I'll meet you over there. We'll walk them streets together. We'll run them streets and we'll find Jesus hand in hand. We'll, we'll praise him forever. Yeah. You can have 
Yeah. Enough. You don't have to wait. Come and get a song tonight. Hey. I hope these things excite you. If you're not saved, I hope it terrifies you. I hope that it, the realization that you've heard this week of how real hell is, I hope it troubles you. I hope it bothers you in all those things. But also, know that tonight, again, you don't have to be sitting here. You can be with us, and I don't know. Well, I don't know. That's the good thing about this. If I knew where the message was going, if I knew who it was going to, you know, I'd mess it up. Yeah. I'd put my precincts in it, and I'd try my best to persuade you. I'd try my best to get out of, out of the will of God and to do everything that I could do to have you come. But I don't know where it's going. I don't know who it's hitting. But God does. If He's dealing with your heart tonight, be saved tonight. Yeah. There was a king, he got a
77, 78. He was telling me about uh, going down through the Teleco Mountains to Georgia to preach. So he preached down there on a Sunday morning. He got through preaching. Nobody invited him home. Nobody interviewed him. Nobody He just <coughs> So he gets in his car and he comes back through the Teleco Mountains all by himself. And his generator goes out. Now, the newfangled cars, of course, got alternators on it. You didn't know about generators. Whenever they go out, they quit charging. And when the battery dies, that's it. Well, now, Raymond was not a mountain man. He was a city boy. And he gets right in the middle of the mountains, and his car stops. There's no cranking. There's no start, no rolling off nothing. It stopped. And here he says, you know, Lord, I'm out here trying to do good. Trying to preach your word. And all of a sudden, I find myself stuck here. Well, he just, he wasn't going to get out. He didn't know where he's at. You know, as far as walking out. And he said, I just sat here. Then that night, oh, and behold, there's two big old bears come down there and they crawled all over his car. Him being a city boy, you know, he really got serious afraid. He said, Honey, I'm going to tell you right now. He said, Listen, one time that old boy got up. He said, God, get me out of here. And he said, About 8 o'clock the next morning, he heard a log truck coming. Truck stops. They hook a chain to it. The fellow said, Come to pull him out. And the fellow driving the truck, they were all inebriated. And he's sitting in the car and they're carrying him to the Teleco Mountains just absolutely fine. He's trying to handle that thing. And he said, here I am, Lord. I'm just doing good. Here I prayed for somebody and said, you sent a drug. They brought him to the Teleco Mountains to come to the first little gas station. When they turned in there, they was going so fast that his car on the end of that chain just slid around there right like that and stopped. He said, Lord, this has been one experience. He gets out and goes to the station. He tells that fellow, he said, there's something wrong with my car. The guy comes out and checks it. He said, yeah, your, your generator's gone. But he said, I'll help you. And so he gives him a battery. And he said, now, you take this battery, put it in there. He said, he'll get you home. But it probably won't get you much further than that. And he said, when you get to your can, you can come back and pay me. And he got to thinking about that, you know, about what we do for the Lord and what he had to go through. He felt pretty bad, you know. It's a bad experience. I know it's a bad experience. But then he got to thinking about what happened to Jesus. You know, Jesus asked him, he said, what good work are you crucifying me for? And he has always been good. One more thing I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to let you go. Why, Lord, let me tell you that. I don't know. He told me that many years ago. And I respect somebody for going. I mean, he went out to preach for the Lord, and what was his reward? God called him to preach, and he was living next to a prison. And Lord got after him about preaching the message, and he said, I want you to go up here. Now, some people don't think the Lord talked to you, but you get saved. Amen. And you become a Christian, he'll talk to you. The Lord said, I want you to go up here and I want you to get up on this stump right here. 
and I want you to preach. And they said, well, Lord, I ain't nobody here. And they said, I don't want to make a fool out of myself coming up here, climbing up here on this stuff and go to preaching. The Lord said, I just want you to. And he wrestled with that for several days. Finally, he said, Lord, I've had it all. I can't stand it. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to get up on that stump and I'm going to preach. So he does. He climbs up there and he gets started. Lord, give him a message. He gets into it. He probably been preaching about five minutes and he hears this cry. Whoa! He thought, what in the world? The Lord said, preach on. Preach on. He just kept preaching and whoa! And off down there, boy, there's a brush pile. And this fellow had broke out of prison and he's hiding in that brush pile. And the preacher preached his conviction right there. And that fellow came out of the brush pile and crawled up there to that old stuff and got saved. Amen. Amen. All that saying, what you do for God will prosper. Don't never, ever, ever be discouraged because God's Word does not go out of glory. It accomplishes that which pleases the Lord. Cast your bread upon the waters. Amen. That's all I've got to say. We're going to go to here tomorrow night. It's up to you. We'll be here tomorrow night. All right. Okay. You said time will be here. All right. All right. We have our service at 6 o'clock. You didn't want to come. I noticed. I told them in the prayer meeting. When we first start talking about revival, first thing they said to me is, well, let's have a three-day revival, get it over and get done. And, uh, you know, this is a very serious thing for him. Amen. And I told him when I called him, as long as you want to preach, I'll be here. Yeah. Right. Amen. Right on, Few words. Yes, go right ahead. Lord gave me to start this circle. Words or certain uh, things that I need to preach on. Well, I've got one more that he gave me, and I don't want to preach it because if I don't, I'll get whooped, and I don't like the Lord whooping me. Yeah. My mom and dad whooped me, I didn't like it, and I definitely don't like the whooping. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I've got to preach it. So we're going to be here tomorrow night and And we told. All these, most of these preachers that's here, if the Lord lays a message on your heart, preach it. Don't worry about being destined. You're not going to hurt our feelings to preach it. Now, I don't know what the Lord's going to have us to do after tomorrow night. We're going to leave it in His hands. Not ours, in His. And it may be that me and Dustin need to lay this thing down and some of these other preachers pick it up and go with it. And if it's what the Lord wants, then okay. But, church, you've got at least one more night of this revival. Pick up the phone. Pick up your cell phone. Go to the computer. However you communicate with your loved ones to let them know at least one more night that they can come get things right with God before it's eternally too late. I believe that through the preaching that we've heard already this week, 
I don't know how it can be preached any stronger right. than that. Right. To get out here and work in this community. Pick up the phone. Pick up your cell phone. Go to the computer. Email. Whatever you got to do. Whatever, however you do it. Get it done for God. And I'll guarantee you, if you'll do that, He will bless you for that. Amen. We're going to be here, Ronnie. And like I said, after that, we're just going to leave it in the Lord's hands. If He gives us another chance that you can give me one after tomorrow night, we'll want to go on with this as long as it pays. We don't want to go beyond what God wants, right? Oh, that'd be wrong. Yeah, gotcha. So we're going to go. Okay. All right. Let all Christians come now. Christian handshake. Hey, now.